July is shaping up to be a Biden extravaganza. Um, so this is interesting. Um, the Biden administration has put together an America's Back Together tour. It's kind of like the Turtles Happy Together tour. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? It's pretty good. Um, but anyway, it's America's Back Together tour. I don't think we're back together, but the tour is going out. So a whole bunch of people fanning out over the uh, 4th of July weekend, which really begins tomorrow. You know, we in America, we're, we're getting like France here. You know, we're capitalizing on a holiday. So uh, Monday is the official day off. Sunday, of course, the 4th of July. Friday, nobody's going to work. And Thursday, I got to get out a little early to go out for my four-day weekend. So that's, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think you should take as much time as you can take for your own pursuits. Okay, so the uh, America's Back Together tour is designed to, quote, celebrate the progress in the fight against COVID. So I guess Donald Trump's going to be a big part of that, right? Because he came up with the vaccine. Not him, but he made it happen. No. (laughs) So President Biden on Saturday, July 3rd, is going to travel to Traverse City, Michigan. Notice he's going to all of the contested states. Wisconsin, Michigan, Um, and he's going to be there with Governor Whitmer, who is very unpopular now in Michigan because she kind of trashed the entire state during COVID. But Joe and uh, Gretch are going to be together. Uh, Kamala Harris is uh, blasting out of her uh, L.A. place to go to Vegas, where it's about 120. So we don't expect uh, the vice president to be there too long. Details of why she's going, but it's the Happy Together tour. Uh, have not been released. And then on uh, July 4th, Sunday, the Bidens will host an Independence Day celebration at the White House. All right, well, they will have a cookout and they'll view the fireworks, uh, all of that. Now, I have not been invited. Essential workers, healthcare workers, military families are all going to go. I'm not in any of that category, so I'm not insulted. I wouldn't be invited anyway. Now, Donald Trump is in Texas today. Okay, so he's down there basically gloating that, you know, he accomplished a very difficult task in stopping the mass migration into the USA, and he did. His Remain in Mexico policy stopped it. Took him three years to do that, but he did it. Now, it's crazy land. We'll take. Uh, It took two and a half years to start the wall because we were sued by everybody. And then, uh, and largely by the Democrats in Congress, by the way. And now, by the way, they're doing a disinformation campaign. They're saying that the unsafe border is your fault. Okay. That's true. I mean, Democrats uh, are never going to acknowledge uh, that President Biden's policies are catastrophic at the border. And they are. And the corporate media will never even report it. Okay. So Donald Trump is down in Texas. He's going to be on Hannity's program on Fox tonight on a town hall. And the campaign's already begun. It's already begun for 2024. I think it's too early myself. Um, I would, uh, I'm going to speak to the president, as I mentioned, next week. Tomorrow we'll tell you more about that. Uh, I'm going to tell him I think it's too early to go out and have these rallies. Now, the board is a different thing. He's got the governor of Texas with him. 
And, you know, he's highlighting a situation that's a catastrophe. I'm not, I'm not, I don't object to that. But just to do political rallies a little early. Now, let's let it unfold. Um, so the president wanted to do a political rally in Mobile, Alabama on Saturday, Save America rally. But uh, the authorities down there uh, said no. Uh, And here is the explanation. So the uh, rally, the Trump rally, was scheduled to be at the USS Alabama Battleship Memorial Park. And that park has a rule, no political rallies. So the Trump people should have said this is a celebration of America rally for the 4th of July. But it got into the political realm. And a commissioner, Bill Tunnell, said, quote, after the request was made, uh, then there was contact with the Republican Party. They contacted us, and it became apparent that it was going to be a partisan political event rather than a patriotic event planned for that evening. And again, that park does not accept political events. So that's what happened. Um, let me just wrap this segment up by saying President Trump can win back the Oval Office, but he has to change his strategy a little bit. The reason he can win it back is because he got 72 million votes. Come on. Um, And Joe Biden is a very, very weak president so far. But Mr. uh, Mr. Trump's going to have to change a little bit. And tomorrow we'll get into that. Now, one of Biden's problems with the Catholic Church, as you know, so Joe Biden is a promoter of abortion, not just a guy who says, hey, separation of church and state, if somebody wants to believe abortion should be legal, I'm not going to interfere. Way more than that. Um, Mr. Biden promotes abortion, makes it easier. Now, abortion, no matter how you define it, takes the life of an unborn. Okay? That's what it does. Now, you can call it a fetus, you can call it a child, you can call it whatever you want. It takes the life of an unborn. Catholic Church is mandated by theology to protect those lives. Boom. So the question is, will Joe Biden go to hell? He is a practicing Roman Catholic. He says that he believes in the tenets of the church. That's what he says. The bishops say you're committing a mortal sin by promoting abortion. Not all bishops say that, but many do. By promoting abortion, making it easier. Okay? So, if that's true, will Joe Biden, if he dies without confessing that sin, maybe he already has, I don't know, but he's still promoting it. So, you just can't confess and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and keep doing stuff. That invalidates the confession. So here's what I said on the radio today. I think you're going to find it very interesting. Go. As you may know, the American Catholic bishops are debating whether to deny President Biden the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. That's communion. His alleged sin is promoting abortion, a mortal sin, in the Catholic Church because it denies life. If you die in the state of mortal sin, according to the church, you go to hell. Now, 
According to a Pew poll, 58% of Americans believe in hell. For those who do believe, 91% say the fear of going to hell plays an important role in their life. The Catholic Church defines hell as, quote, a state of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed, unquote. Mortal sins in the church include abortion, as stated, adultery, renouncing God, heresy, murder, rape, and suicide, among others. Many Christian denominations view hell as a landscape ruled by Satan and his demons to oversee damned souls for eternity. That was played out in the movie The Exorcist. Judging Joe Biden can be a sin itself. The Catholic bishops have the power to deny him the sacrament of communion, but not the right to condemn him to hell, even though they are clerics. James writes in the New Testament, there is only one judge, God. James says, who are you to judge your neighbor? So the Biden abortion situation is, as they say, complicated. The man certainly is making it easier to end the lives of the unborn. No question about that. And the bishops are mandated to protect unborn lives. How this will ultimately turn out will be fascinating to see. You might say, it's a hell of a problem. Sorry. And that uh, decision is going to be made in November. I don't believe they will deny President Biden communion. Okay, and if you want to listen to all my radio stuff, just go to BillOReilly.com. We have it all there for you. We do a daily radio show that's heard on almost 300 stations across the country. Let's take a uh, look at Robert L. Johnson. You know him? First American billionaire. He founded BET, Black Entertainment Television. Well, he told Vice News that all blacks, including him, should get reparations from the federal government. He wants a... 14, I thought it was 11, 14 trillion dollars in government payments to African Americans because of past social injustice and I guess present too. Anyway, um, not going to get it. That's not going to happen, but it's an interesting debate, I think. And one of the uh, guys that I follow uh, who writes a lot about this kind of stuff is Jason Whitlock. Do you know Jason? So he's a sports guy. You might have seen him on ESPN, Fox Sports. He was on a factor a couple of times when I was doing that. Um, and he is a contrarian. He currently works for Blaze News, Blaze Media, does a daily podcast, Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I want to read you something he uh, recently wrote. Quote, since Martin Luther King's death, liberalism has increasingly become our religion and the Democratic Party, our church. The rewards for our allegiance are at best disappointing. Our families have disintegrated. Our men have been incarcerated and emasculated. Our communities have been abandoned by high achievers. And our children are confused and resentful of their elders, unquote. Mr. Whitlock joins us now from Nashville, Tennessee. 
So uh, people who, who are in the world of racial politics and who follow um, the social agenda in this country know that you have taken a huge amount of heat for going against the progressive liberal orthodoxy. Has it been worth it? Oh, I think speaking the truth is always worth it. Bill, the one thing I, I like to push back on is I get framed as a contrarian, and I think others get framed as contrarians, when really we're just sticking to the worldview that we were born with, or I mean raised with as young people. I was raised in the church, and I was raised as an athlete, and that is what drives my point of view and worldview. It's framed as conservative uh, politically, but you know I've never even voted. I'm not really into politics. My point of view, though, I guess is conservative because I stick to the values I was taught in the church, and I stick to the values that were taught to me as a football player all the way through college. Those values, the church and football and sports, made me successful here in America. And so, of course, I turn back around and say to young people, these are the values I was raised with, the church, a Baptist, a Christian, uh, the things taught to me in the church. And then these are the values that made me successful as an athlete that were in alignment with a lot of the values I was taught in the church. So I don't consider myself a contrarian and, and I kind of push back against it. I'm not offended by the term, but I just think it's inaccurate. I'm someone that sticks to the values I was raised with. Okay, but you know, and you just wrote, and I just quoted you, that the vast majority of African Americans are allied with the liberal left. And therefore, if you are not allied with them, as you aren't, then you can be accused of being an Uncle Tom, a sellout, uh, and I'm sure you have been. So I get no back, it, goes, it gets back to, you're doing something that brings pain upon yourself, correct? Yes, but I, I certainly don't want to cast myself as a victim. Let's look at what happened to Jesus for sticking to what he believed and what I believe is the truth. And, you know, certainly nothing that bad has happened to me. Have I paid a price in the secular world and in the political world where Democrats have convinced black people that blackness isn't a skin color, brownness isn't a, sp a skin color, it's a political point of view. And I don't share that political point of view because I tend not to share, I don't have any kind of political point of view. I have a Christian point of view. I have the values that I saw my parents use to push me and my brother and my stepsister ahead. Uh, and so I, I just, Yes, in this godless world that we have created, uh, an America that has totally stepped away from the Judeo-Christian values that made American great, America great. We've stepped away from those. We've gone the other direction. And in that society, I am shunned by people who uh, choose politics as their religion. Okay. And for black people... <sighs> You know, left-wing liberal politics right. is our religion, and Barack Obama's Jesus Christ. I reject that. Barack Obama worked in Chicago. Chicago is now ground zero for African Americans being murdered by other African Americans. 
Barack Obama does not speak out about it, didn't do anything about it in his eight years, and neither do any of the African-American leadership that I know of. Why not? Uh, because they are more aligned with politics than they are with doing the right thing. And so, look, th there's no political gain in, in addressing fatherlessness in the black community because we know that that is at the heart of all the violence you see in inner cities. Where there, are no, where there is no family structure, where there is no male role model, you're going to have violent chaos. There's no upside in that politically. You, you don't gain voters by addressing those issues. I, I, I go all the way back to, you know, I wasn't alive then, but the, the Moynihan report in 1964 or 65 that talked about the crisis in the, and at that time, blacks were called Negroes, and he said crisis in the Negro family, and basically it was a call to for America to address and invest in the black family structure, and he, he swore that if we didn't, there would be a crisis. Lyndon Johnson and the Democrats decided to scrap the Moynihan Report and ignore it, and they went with the Great Society Initiative, and the welfare check and the government replacing the father and the man in the home. And we are now experiencing uh, 50 years, the, the ramifications of 50 years of those type policies. Absolutely right, Jason. And, and, and Obama and these guys, because the Democrats prescribe this drug, they're not going to be the ones That's to right. tell you, well, here are the ramifications, here are the side effects of and, those drugs. And corporate media won't either because corporate media is... Uh, frightened to death of being branded a racist or whatever. Now, I want to uh, bring you back in a couple of weeks, and I want to talk about the media with you, all right? What your lens and, and, and what you are seeing in network news and cable news and sports reporting, all of that, okay? So will you come back in a couple of weeks and talk to us about that? Love to, Bill, and I hope you're ready to talk about China because that's where that all leads. Yeah, we'll China's get China right in there, Jason. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy 4th of July. Thanks for helping us out. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Bill. Joining us now from New York City, the former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Public Affairs, Monica Crowley. Okay. Now, you are smarter than I am, better looking than I am. Whatever it is, you're better than I am. So, a lot of people hear inflation just like infrastructure. And their face just goes like this, right? So my first question is a simple one because I'm a simple man. There wasn't inflation for four years on, under Donald Trump. You were in the Treasury Department. Trump has spent a lot of money, record spending. Why wasn't there inflation? President Trump did spend a lot, Bill, and so did Republican Congresses as well. But the reason we did not have inflation in the Trump years is because, number one, interest rates were very low, so it made government borrowing a lot less expensive, and because we had a growing, thriving economy. And when you have a growing, thriving economy, more money comes back into the Treasury. So you had no inflation, you had strong economic growth, strong job creation, and strong wage growth. Okay, let, let me, let me no stop inflation. You. So it was a Goldilocks economy. Interest rates are still low. All right? 
The tax rates are the same today as they were under Donald Trump. Nothing's changed. That will, but it hasn't. So why is the inflation rate growing at a faster pace than any time in 30 years now? Why didn't it do you that two, your two last year in the Treasury Department? Two, two reasons. Number one, we had an economic emergency last year related to the COVID pandemic. And when you've got an emergency, emergency level spending is totally justified. So because we had a wholesale shutdown of the U.S. economy, the government had to step in. So there was about three to four trillion dollars that was pumped into the economy to try to bridge the gap between the closure and the reopening of the U.S. economy, which started last year. This was an unprecedented fiscal and monetary response. So between the CARES Act and what the Fed did in terms of standing up emergency lending programs and pumping all this money into the economy, you had about $4 trillion over the course of last year sent into the U.S. economy. That's number one. Number two, what you have is Joe Biden already has spent $2 trillion. He's looking for an additional $3 trillion in social spending and quote-unquote infrastructure spending. And then you've got a nearly $6 trillion budget, which he and Bernie Sanders and AOC would like to push through. So if the Biden administration is able to get all of their desired spending bill, you're looking at over $10 trillion in spending this year. So the system is so awash in money, whether it's already been allocated or whether it's being proposed, that this is why you're seeing a rise in prices. In addition to the fact that the economy is, is reopening, so you have all of this pent-up demand going on, especially with airlines, hotels, restaurants, bars. People haven't been outside in a year and a half, so they're out there spending money, so they, and that's they're willing also to driving spend, prices up. And when consumers are willing to spend, companies raise their prices and small businesses raise their prices. All right. So there's a lot of money coming in, and that means the money that we have in the bank, that we've saved, that goes down in value, correct? That's correct. So okay, what stop, inflation stop, does stop, rise stop, in Okay. Stop. All right. So I have money in the bank. The money I have, I get a statement every month. The spending power of that money is declining. It's on the decline. All right. When will I know that I'm getting hurt? See, most people don't know. They have the money in their wallet. They go out. They buy dinner. They get gas. They know they're paying more, but they don't know the existing money they have is losing value. Will they ever know that? The press won't tell them that. You know that. No. That's a blackout. Right. You're not going to. Maybe the Wall Street Journal will tell you, but that's it. Um, so when are they going to feel that pain? So I think a lot of Americans are, because all you have to do is go to the grocery store or try to fill up your tank. I filled up my tank on Long Island today, Bill, and it was well over 50 bucks. <laughs> I almost fell over. So I think the American people are generally aware that prices for everyday items are climbing. The, the problem here is that on a parallel track, you've got wage inflation also going on because the government has paid more for people largely to stay home rather than go back to work. So businesses of all sizes have been competing with the government to try to bring their workers back. I think it's going to take a year. I think this time next year, um, late June next year, 
there's going to be a substantial shift in the economy downward um, because the COVID spending will be all gone. Um, uh, prices will be almost out of reach for some people, uh, particularly the poor. And, uh, you know, but Biden and the big government Democrats, the progressives, they want to continue to send money to people. All right. So you basically wouldn't be working for yourself or for a company. You'd be working for the feds in Washington because they're going to send you more and more and more and more and more. Big article in the Wall Street Journal today about that, that they're setting up a system where you have to vote Democrat because they're going to send you money, whereas the Republicans are going to get and they're going to cut all that. So therefore, the people who want the money from the government are going to vote Democrat. That's pretty much what it is, isn't it? Yes. They, their desire is to reshape uh, America by re-engineering the relationship between the economy, the state, and the individual. They want ever-growing dependence on the federal government. And that's why in, in uh, Biden's budget reconciliation bill that he also wants to push through, he's got a $2 trillion tax increase in there, but sure. it's also chock-a-block with all of this new social yeah. spending and the difference here, Bill, is that all of these new entitlement programs that he's proposing reach right into the middle class. So they want to get the middle class ever more addicted to government and government spending. Yeah, once those tax rises go up, that's going to be the beginning of the end for Biden, because that'll change the way corporations do business, small business. Then you're not going to see the robust hiring that you see now, okay, because companies are going to have to be paying so much more to the feds and the states, um, they're going to lay people off. They're not going to invest in uh, research and development and on and on. All right, Monica, that was very fun. Uh, thank you for helping us out. And I hope you'll uh, come back anytime you want to come back because you liven up the program. <laughs> thank you so much, Bill. And it's okay. great to be back with you. Thank you. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. All right, so uh, cancel culture hits Capitol Hill. There was a vote to remove Confederate statues from the Capitol grounds, 285 to 120 uh, in the House. A number of Republicans did vote for that, 67, uh, to take uh, the statues of Jefferson Davis, president of the Confederacy, Alexander Hamilton Stevens, vice president, John C. Calhoun, former vice president of the USA and a uh, member of Congress from South Carolina. All of those statues are going to go. OK, I don't I don't have a problem with that. 
I, I don't think they should be destroyed. I think they should be put in a Civil War museum. Um, but, you know, these were insurrectionists who were promoting slavery. Maybe they didn't have slaves, but they were promoting it. And just like Joe Biden on the abortion thing, you know, you can say, oh, I don't really believe in it. But if you're making it happen, you're responsible. Okay. L.A. County, Delta variant. Whoa. Whoa, the Delta variant. That sounds, got to be a movie, right? It's got to be. Anyway, that's a strain of COVID, Delta variant. And apparently 123 people in L.A. County, nation's largest county, are infected with the Delta variant. And a few of those, 10 of them, are fully vaccinated. So now L.A. County says, hey, back with the masks. You go anywhere inside, you got to wear it. You know what I mean? I'm not wearing a mask. And I did some research. And the um, Moderna vax, which is what I have, the Pfizer vax, that protects you against the Delta variant and every other variant of COVID. Johnson Johnson, they don't know. They don't know yet. Um, that's a single shot, Johnson Johnson. It's not as effective as Moderna and Pfizer. But anyway, in L.A. County, you got to wear a mask again or something. I don't know. I'm not wearing it. Um, yesterday, we told you that uh, this week, the iPhone first appeared in the USA in 2007. Can you remember back before the iPhone? So I, I was remembering 9-11 uh, when it happened. And everybody was calling me, but they were calling me uh, on landlines. And yeah, there, there were mobile phones. But there wasn't texting and it wasn't any of that. Okay. And, and life was <clears throat> a lot more uncomplicated than it is now. So, um, as we reported yesterday, the iPhone's taken over the world. Everybody has it. And um, here are the five ways that in America, the iPhone has really changed people. Now, I want you to think about you. And your kids and grandkids and all that when I'm telling you this. The first thing is the ability to listen and speak has diminished greatly because of this. So whenever I order something, I have to say it a number of times. But then before I hang up, I have the person on the other end of the phone read it back to me. And... 50% of the time, it's wrong. So people used to be able to, when you said something, they they got it. Now they don't because they're not used to -to person-to-person direction. It's all on this, okay? So there was a survey, a scientific survey. You need to tell somebody something nine times before they remember it. Nine times. Now, they might remember it in the moment or for an hour, but to have it here, nine times on average. Now, some people are quicker on the uptake, but that's the study. Now, the ability to speak. If you are a well-spoken individual, you have a huge advantage in the society, but most people are not. They use double negatives. They can't express themselves. 
And even when they're texting, they can't spell, even though you have spell check. It's LOL or, uh, you know, all of that. But the ability to express yourself in a clear, concise way, I don't know how many times in a course of a day I have to stop people, even on my own staff, and say, okay, let's slow it down. What is the main point? To get them to focus their thoughts on telling me what's important. So the ability to listen and the ability to speak clearly as the client. Secondly, the ability to concentrate. Now, I know this better than anybody. So when Killing Lincoln, my first Killing History book was put out, it just roared through the world because people were reading books then. Now people are not reading books. One of the reasons I, the publisher, my publisher, St. Martin's Press, wants to put out a second Killing book this year is because they don't have a lot of books. Because people aren't reading books. Now, thank God, my books are still enormous. This Sunday, July 4th, they'll be number one on the, again on the New York Times list. It's eight weeks. So I'm lucky. But most people can't read a book anymore because of this. Because their concentration span is so short. Unless things are blowing up or going crazy. I mean, you know, I keep the killing books going like as fast as I can. Because I know concentration spans are short. So reading, sitting down and reading, or even listening to a book. They're grabbing the phone, looking at the stuff. Because it's all short pops on the phone. Third thing is manners. There are no manners on the internet. No manners. You know, I, I go into a restaurant and listen to how people order their food. It's not please, thank you. Those are the old folks. It's like, I want this. Let's get that. <laughs> because the phone is immediate gratification. You don't have to be polite to the phone or on the phone. Because you're not talking to anybody. You're texting. There's no feedback coming at you. So manners, forget it. Respect for parents. Now, this is huge. So the urchins, their neck is down, this is this, 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 this. They don't want to talk to mom and dad. Mom and dad is annoying. They take, mom and dad take attention away from the phone. No, I don't want to talk to you. Even at the dinner table. All right, my dinner table phones are banned. But the, the urchins still reach for them. Hey, I go, hey. Like this, okay? But he'd go to a restaurant and watch. He's sitting around a table and waiting for the order. I want to talk to you. How was your day, Dad? How was your day, Mom? What do you think about this, Dad, Mom? I... Never! Unless the urchin is extraordinary. It's gone. Okay, final thing. Spirituality, not religion. So, again, religion is basically... When you're a kid, you're dragged into the church or temple or mosque or whatever by your parents, and then you reach a certain age where you don't go anymore, or voluntarily you want to go. But the don't go anymore vastly outnumbers the want to go. So spirituality is about someone else, something else, a higher power. How did we get here? How does nature work? What should I do with my life? Philosophy, thinking about it. Oh, we're not going to do that. But we'll play a game. 
play a game, okay? So you basically have a situation where the machine, you can communicate with your friends, family, fast. That's good. And most of the time, somebody's in trouble, we, we can get help. And you can get information. I use this stupid thing every day. And bang, bang, bang. Somebody asks me a question. I used to have to annoy my staff. No, I don't. I can go right to wherever the source is to get the info. That's good. But there's more bad than good. I'm not even going to get into the harmful stuff um, that you can get on that. And you know what I'm talking about. Narcotics, pornography, you name it. Right there. Boom. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. The iPhone, in my lifetime, next to medical stuff, like the Vax for COVID, the most influential invention ever. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, so Americans are changing their political point of view. Uh, and it's because of three things. Schools, public schools, the media, the corrupt media, and the entertainment industry. All three are now ardently liberal. So that's taking its toll. So a new poll from Gallup comes out, the values and beliefs poll, 1,000 U.S. adults. All right, question number one. Thinking about social issues, would you say your views are conservative, moderate, or liberal? Social issues. Conservative, 30%. Moderate, 35%. Liberal, 34%. Now, that's a big change. Used to be conservatives dominated in social issues. No longer. Economics, different. Conservative, 41. Moderate, 34. Liberal, 25. So, it's changing socially here in America. Not for the better. Another poll, and this is very interesting, this poll. This Associated Press poll, all right? Democrat, 43%. Republican, 38%. And independent, 19%. Question is about abortion. Do you believe in abortion during the first trimester, months one to three? 61% of Americans say yes. All right, 38% no. Second semester, months four to six. 34% say they believe in that. 65% say no. 65%. Third semester. This is late-term abortion. This is what Joe Biden is pushing, and Andrew Cuomo and other Catholic politicians like them. Legal in all cases, last trimester abortion, 19%. Illegal, 80%. So what Biden and Cuomo are doing is extremist on the abortion front, just so you know. Um, the media, of course, is extreme, extreme progressive. So they're trying to harm the Catholic Church, which is trying to draw a line by saying, if you are going to promote late-term abortion and people of faith having to pay for abortions, which is what Joe Biden is doing, 
then you can't receive communion in a Catholic church, Mr. Biden. So I'm going to give you three quotes. The first one uh, comes from the L.A. Times, an extremist left newspaper that's on the verge of collapse, by the way. I don't know how much longer they can stay in business. This comes from Michael McGough, uh, who's a senior editorial writer at the L.A. Times. Quote, however it ends, this initiative by the bishops is proving divisive within the church and likely to inflame criticism of the hierarchy in a broader society. But here's the good news. Even if the bishops were collectively to say Biden should be denied communion, there would be little danger of a backlash against Biden. So I was basically saying Catholic Church doesn't mean anything anymore, and that's the L.A. Times posture. It wishes the church would go away. Uh, here is the Washington Post, E.J. Dion, oh, who's a fanatical progressive. Quote, a group of angry men, and they are all men, seem to want nothing to do with their brothers and sisters who believe that social justice and a radical concern for the lives of the poor, those already born, the destitute, the abandoned, and the underprivileged. So he's equating uh, abortion, the ending of a life or a potential life, depending on your semantics, with social justice. So in his regard, and this is the Washington Post, abortion is the same thing as someone being poor. Ugh. And here's the most vicious. Comes from Elizabeth Dias. She covers faith and politics for the New York Times. Unbelievable. Quote, but the move to target a president who regularly turns mass and has spent lifetime steeped in Christian rituals and practices is striking. Coming from leaders of the president's own faith, particularly after many conservative Catholics turned a blind eye to the sexual improprieties of former President Donald J. Trump because they supported his political agenda. That's just vicious. So she's equating, again, the ending of a life or a potential life with somebody's private life. Okay, and we're all sinners here, except I'm sure Elizabeth Dias, she's not. Um, so, I mean, you can see how vicious this is to undermine anything um, that would uh, bring into question Joe, Joe Biden's moral outlook. Uh, COVID, only 150 of the 18,000 people who died in May from COVID were fully vaccinated. So 99.2% of people died in May from COVID unvaccinated. UFO report, government says it can't explain 143 out of 144 cases of UFOs. Don't know. If they do come, I want to interview them, but don't know. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so here's the final thought of the day. Uh, we got to prep for the 4th of July. Coming up on Sunday, official holiday Monday. You don't have to go to work unless you work for yourself like I do. But I'm going to be off, and I'm always working. So the flag, you got to put it out there somewhere. All right, American flag. 
Then you have to put the stand up for your country stuff. If you don't have the barbecue apron, that's a good way to do it. Um, but we have roads, uh, signs in the yard. We have mugs. We have stand up for your country stuff. And um, that's important. Okay, finally, uh, family and friends. You know, if you can't have them over, check in, please. Check in. Family and friends, put a list out. Write up a list. Text them. Uh, call them. Make sure you say, hey, look, I'm thinking a bit about you on this uh, Independence Day weekend. It's a good, nice thing to do. And finally, when you're hanging with whoever you're hanging with, a toast to America. Toast America. Thank you for watching us tonight. We'll see you tomorrow.